This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. Plot taps it back to his own end. Final 10 seconds. Lightning are running out of time here. Scamp goes in the near it. corner. Is bumped by McCarr. Terrible call. Here's Kalorn at the near boards. Sweeps it forward to Perry at center ice. And this is over. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. They have won the Stanley Cup. They had a great season. They had a great playoff. And they certainly earned it in this series. So the Lightning's reign is back-to-back champs. That comes to an end, but they gave a valiant effort tonight. Winning is is ecstasy. Losing sucks. So right now, like nobody's sitting here saying, oh, well, look at what we've done. Like We were this close. It was that close. I mean, every game, it was... You, know, you look back and there's two overtime games and we're on the short end of both. You know, the, all these one goal games and you toss out those two blowouts. Like that's how close the series was. That's, that's what makes it sting. You're just proud of a group and I'll never, you know, as a staff, we talked about it. We're I'm never going to forget this team and I'm never going to forget this coaching staff because you just, you never know if it's all going to stick together. I'm just proud to be a part of this group. It's, it, it would make me hard to think of doing anything else than being part of a Tampa Bay Lightning. To break it all down, here's Bobby Fenton on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. All right, folks, welcome to, sadly, your final edition for this season of Lightning Playoff Rewind. Bobby Fenton with you as the Stanley Cup final is over, the playoffs are over, and the season is over, and the Colorado Avalanche are your Stanley Cup champions with a 2-1 to win over the Lightning in Game 6 and a 4-2 win over the Lightning in the series. And thank you for joining us. I know it's a tough one. I'm hoping that coming in here today helps maybe make you feel a little better or at least make you feel not quite as bad or just provide some closure because, you know, this is something that didn't seem terribly inevitable after the Lightning got down 3-1 in the series, but even so, you never, ever really stopped believing, at least I didn't, and when they won Game 5 to make it 3-2, it seemed even more possible they were coming home for Game 6, Then they scored the first goal of the game in Game 6, and you thought, hey, they're going to do this. This thing is going seven games. The Lightning still have a chance, and they did, but, you know, watching the whole series... And the line with these things is so fine. You know, a bounce here, a play there, a call there. And I know people are going to want to talk about the calls. You know, you change one goal. I mean, there was two overtime games. There was two more one-goal games. This one today, uh, or, or last night, I should say, was like that. But even still, like, honestly, watching that series, at least on this end, maybe some of you guys feel different. There aren't a lot of what-ifs here, okay? Not for me. The Avalanche outplayed the Lightning for very, very large chunks of this series, both in special teams and on five-on-five. And that doesn't mean the Lightning couldn't have won because they absolutely could have. And, you know, deserve to this, deserve to that. You know, whoever wins, wins. Doesn't matter. But... And this isn't like a consolation. I'm not one of these, oh, well, at least they, you know, the right team won. I don't care. I, I want the Lightning to win even if they're the wrong team. But with that said, there's no what-ifs over here, okay? The, the Avalanche were the better team, and the first thing I wanted to say coming in here on the show is hats off to them because they were, not just in this series, but all season long, really the best team. They were the best team in the Western Conference. Of course, the Panthers were the number one team as far as regular season points. But, you know, we've seen them all, right? You know, played Toronto, played the Panthers, played four 50-win teams, which I mentioned on the show the other day that no other team that's ever won a Stanley Cup has ever had to play more than two teams with 50 wins. The Lightning faced all four of their opponents in these playoffs had 50 wins or more. And I know that the shootout era changes a little bit of that because there's a lot of cheapo wins that count as wins. But still, okay, I don't think anybody's ever had to face the road the Lightning faced in these playoffs. And that's not an excuse. In fact, that's the way it should be. It's the best teams. You're supposed to have to go beat the best teams. And the last two years the Lightning did this, it wasn't like they caught some break where they didn't have to face the best teams and they got easier opponents or something like that. It was that they were the best team. Nobody could compare to them. And so whenever you saw anybody else on the ice out there with them, they didn't compare. The Lightning were number one. And this year, 
And I mean, they got to the final anyway, but this year, I think three of the four teams they faced, obviously the Panthers were the number one one in the regular season. They were the only one, though, who didn't put up much of a fight, but the Lightning had to scratch and claw to get through Toronto. They had to come back from down 2 nothing against the Rangers. And then the same thing happens here, uh, down 2 nothing to the Avalanche, and they can't come back all the way. They do get it to six games, and they end up losing. And so if you go, and we'll go through all the numbers and stuff like we always do, but all six of the games in this series, including the two the Lightning won, including the one they won by four goals, okay? All six of them on the deserved win meter, and you can just go to natural stat trick too, money puck, you can go to any of them. Colorado, you know, more high danger chances, more expected goals, more this, more that. Five on five, too, not just, not just power play, although the special teams was a huge factor in this series. So Colorado was better, and I can live with it. Like, I can live with it. And I can't, I'm not saying I'm okay with the Lightning not being the champions. I'm never going to be okay with that. Obviously, it was never going to be this way forever. But let me say something else right now, first of all. I mean, there's a lot of things I want to say. We got a, a lot planned for the show here. First thing I will say is, this isn't the end of anything necessarily, okay? I mean, people, I've heard already some people say, oh, well, it's over. You know, that's it. You know, they, they didn't win the Stanley Cup this season. And I'm not saying that means they're going to win more cups, but they could. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers won two cups, lost, won two more. They won four in five years. So and I'm not saying the Lightning will do that. Again, I'm not trying to put that kind of burden of expectations on them. All I'm saying is this isn't the end of anything. You keep taking shots. I say this all the time. I say it about the Bucks. I say it about the Rays and the Lightning. The way you win championships isn't just gearing up for your big run, like, oh, everything's in place. We're going to do it. Here's our window, quote-unquote. No, the way you win Stanley Cups, and you've seen it done with Pittsburgh, you've seen it done with Boston, you've seen it done with Chicago, and now you've seen it done with the Lightning all in the past, like, 15, 20 years. The way you win Cups is what? You have a good organization, and you're just generally good. Because a lot of this is random. A lot of it's not. I'm not saying it's all random. But you just got to be there year after year. In some years, your number's going to come up. Some years you get swept in the first round after you win the President's Trophy. And some years you get close, but you don't quite get there. It just depends. All three of those things have happened to the Lightning in just the past four seasons. All right? Their numbers come up twice. Had another one lost in the finals. Had another one juggernaut loses in the first round. Any of those things can happen at any time. But you have to be there and be a good organization. That's the key. That's the part that isn't random. So, you know, I don't look at it as, okay, they won their two cups and now they're done. And that's, hey. Right back at it next year. They're going to be good again next year. Yes, the salary cap is going to take a little bit of a toll like it always has, like it did this year. But they'll figure it out. And, you know, the way hockey season is, I mean, when we get the draft, what's the draft? Like next week, literally the draft is next week, and there'll be free agency and all that stuff. And training, there's barely any offseason. The offseason is like 20 minutes in hockey, especially when you go as far as the Lightning have for three years in a row. But, you know, no tear shed over here. And so... Don't think of it that way. Don't be like, oh, it's at the end of an era. And that, no, it's not the end of an era. I mean, as long as we have these guys, and they're still going to have Stamkos, they're still going to have Hedman, they're still going to have Kucherov, they're still going to have Braden Point, they're still going to have Vasilevsky. There's a host of other guys that come and go. They're still going to have that nucleus. As long as you have that nucleus, and as long as you have Jeff Vinnick and Julian Brisebois, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, you know, we're going to have to get used to the idea that they will not be the Stanley Cup champions in perpetuity. But, like, I was actually getting emotional. It's funny because, like, the commercial's been running all playoffs, and my wife keeps making fun of it because it's, the you know, that NHL commercial about the Stanley Cup, and they play that real soft, slow song where the lady's singing about the times changing and on and on. And my wife's like, "What? Well, this doesn't sound like hockey. She's like, what is this? And I'm over there, like, trying to explain I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like bite my lip like because I'm like you know my lips quivering so I'm getting emotional like just seeing the different guys hand the cup over and I'm thinking like I don't want to see the lightning hand it over you know like they, the way they did the CG where like one team's captain hands it over to the next generation then the, the end of the commercial is Stamkos raising the cup and you don't want to think of it any other way you just they should make the commercial where he hands it to himself or he hands it to Kucherov or somebody so you know now that's going to happen you know now there's they're handing it to somebody else but that's not actually in reality what it has to be like. I mean, every year is a new year and every year is a new chance. So this one didn't go their way, and it hurts right now. I'm here to help you heal. 
If you want to get a hold of the show, if you want to get a hold of me, email always the same, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-G-A-M-E-D-A-Y at yahoo.com on Twitter. You can get me at Bobby Game Day. I always love hearing from everybody. And I'm going to be around all offseason, by the way, and all, all the time, period. So uh, you can always email or tweet or what have you. But today, you know, we're going to go back over things. And we'll start with the game itself, game six, okay? This was a game that started out well. The Lightning get the first goal. And it was great work by Kucherov behind the net on, you know, just a dump in. He goes behind the net. He's out working the opponent. And what happens? The Lightning get a little bit of puck luck. A little bit. I mean, Kucherov's work resulted in the goal, but Kucherov scrapes it out. It comes free in front. And Stamkos is right there, puts it away. Thought it was a bad goal by Darcy Kemper. It was a bad goal by Darcy Kemper. And you might say, oh, well, yeah, you had a wide-open guy in front of the net with the puck, and it's Steven Stamkos. You know, that's hardly something that you'd expect to be saved. I thought that puck needed to be saved. And if you watch it back again, which at this point, I guess, who cares? But if you watch it back again, like Kemper goes down to the ground, he doesn't cover the five-hole with a stick. He's got his stick pointing up the ice. Really bad stick work. And the whole area between his legs is wide open. I mean, the first thing you got to lead with there, not that I'm going to give Darcy Kemper goaltending lessons, but the first thing you lead with there is the paddle of your stick pressed down on the ice. You cover that five-hole. Nothing's sliding under. Maybe they lift it, but that was a bad goal, I thought. And honestly, like, that, that was the story of the series. Like, I thought before the series, looking at these guys, I was like, hey, it's going to be tough. Like, these guys are good. What's the one clear advantage the Lightning have was in net. And they just – and Colorado, give them credit – you know, the Lightning never really got a chance to just tee off on Kemper. And Kemper, for his part, played pretty okay. He wasn't a complete beast or anything, but he was hardly the liability that we had hoped he would be before the season started. And, and by the way, like that third period, perfect example of how your hat goes off to Colorado. Like that third period, this is a period where the Lightning are down by a goal. So there's one team on the ice, the Lightning, who desperately needs a goal. I mean, desperately. Their whole season's on the line. And the shots end up being like, what were the third period shots? You know, 12-2 to two or something like that. At one point, 11 shots in a row. Only it was not the team you would have thought. It wasn't the team trailing. Colorado, with a one-goal lead, held the Lightning to two shots until they pulled the goaltender there in the final couple minutes. And, I mean, just an absolute virtuoso display. That is the exact type of hockey the Lightning played the past two seasons winning their Stanley Cups. When, even though they scored goals, what was it always about? It was about their ability to completely lock it down when they needed to. And they did it so well so many times over the past couple seasons. And then this season, too, not just the past couple seasons, but not as much these playoffs. But that, that display that Colorado put on, that was exactly how the Lightning have done it. Because that's how any champion has to do it. I mean, you've got to score goals, of course. But to win a championship, the Lightning had to do it that way. And Colorado did, too. I was really impressed. Like, I was really impressed. And I know you always look at it from your own end. So, you know, the takeaway watching it was, oh, man, horrible job by the Lightning. But take a step back and just look at it from either a neutral observer standpoint or an Avalanche fan standpoint. And that was an incredible display of lockdown hockey there. Because, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that just loses hope every time any little thing goes wrong. Like, down a goal, no big deal. I mean, that happens all the time. Teams come back from that all the time. That felt completely and utterly freaking hopeless when Colorado scored the second goal, didn't it? Like, did, that, did you even feel like, I think that one time Kucherov had that chance from the right circle where he got a look there at Kemper with like five minutes to go, I think. It was before the goalie was pulled. But besides that, like, at no point did the Lightning even scare the offensive zone. You know, I just felt completely and utterly hopeless. I, I did not have any confidence. I really didn't. I don't know how many of you guys felt the same way. But when it was 2-1 and, you know, I was waiting for, like, the first few minutes of the third period to see what would happen, I was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to happen. And I'm not one of those people. There's always those people who can't wait to say, it's over, it's over, the minute anything goes wrong. I'm not one of those guys. But I felt like it was over. I really did. And I've been surprised so many times before that I was hoping this might be one of them, but uh, it, it didn't happen. So anyway, that first goal of the game, though, great work by Kucherov, and they got some puck luck a little bit there. Uh, the pace in the first period was incredible. And then you had Chernak and Ruta both going out. They were down to four defensemen for a little bit. Both guys came back out. Ruta went all the way to the locker room, I believe, came back out. Chernak, and for his part, man, that guy took it on the chin, 
I mean that literally, took it on the shin, took it everywhere in this series. I mean, he was just, I mean, the amount of respect I have for all these guys, not just the Lightning, all these guys to do what they do for a two-month-plus playoff run, never mind the entire regular season. I mean, it really is the coolest thing. Like, I love football, and football is the closest thing to it, and football on its own. Football's like that every week. Honestly, it's not even just the playoffs, but... You know, baseball, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. I love lots of other sports, but the NHL playoffs are just something different, and it's so addictive. Like, it's, it, that's the cool part. Like, we've gotten to do the full complement for three years in a row now, winning it twice, but going through the whole thing three years in a row now. And that's the worst part. Like, I've had so much fun doing this show and watching all the games and watching with my son. Like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and the next day be like, all right, get another game. Like, new, new series, right? Game one, here we go. You know, you just get into that rhythm. And I'm sure the players are happy to have some time off, win or lose. But it, it really is amazing what they do. And my hats go off to all of them, but especially the Lightning guys, because they've done it three years in a row. I mean, what, what was the number? I think it's 71 now. They played 71 playoff games the past three years in a sport that plays 82 regular season games. So almost the equivalent. Not even the equivalent, more so because playoff games are nothing like the regular season. So 71 games is more than 82, playoff, or 82 regular season games. So they have a, the equivalent of cramming an extra season and change into the three seasons they've already had to play. And on top of that, you've got COVID and the way that whole thing went with the bubble. Then you've got uh, last season where everything was condensed. Then this year was a little more normal. But still, I mean, normally the season's over the first week of June. They're still catching up from that. So it doesn't end now till right before July. And now we'll take July and August off, and training camp will be in September, and we'll be right back at it. And I can't wait. Cannot wait. But it hurts right now. And I was, uh, you know, just scrolling through Twitter and stuff, like, toward, toward the end of the game and then after the game. And a lot of people I saw, a couple of people I saw say, you know, having one, two, like, this hurts more than winning the other two felt good. And I, I don't agree with that at all, like, <laughs> you know, maybe it's because of the way I grew up with never having even seen my teams play playoff games at all, much less win championships. But, like, the Lightning winning in 2004 alone, like, sustained me and ha it continues to sustain me as a fan to this day before they even won two more on top of that. And it hurts to lose always, but it hurts way, way less when you've won two in a row. And that's why I was so amazed at the Lightning's ability to even get this far because they talked about it in the first part of the season or the playoffs the, against Toronto. I was like, man, how are they going to do this? How are they going to come back? Easy to be fat and happy. They've done it. it you know, accomplished more than anybody, most people that play hockey, even I'm talking about pro hockey players, are ever going to accomplish in their life. They've done it. They got their name on the cup twice. Never mind you got all these hungry teams like Toronto, like Florida, and like Colorado. And all these teams, I mean, how do you match that? And the Lightning just kept finding ways to be better. And I really, I was honestly surprised they got as far as they did. I didn't think they'd get out of the Toronto series. I really didn't. I even, I, I didn't delete the tweet. It's still on my Twitter feed if you go back and look at it. So to do that and then just run through the Panthers and then come back from down, again, 2-0 to New York. Would have been easy. Oh, man, great run. You know, tired. They were physically Every playoffs takes a toll on everybody, but the Lightning, and John Cooper even said as much, were physically more depleted in this run than any of the other two before. And, and playing more difficult teams, quite honestly, than any of the two before. And they still got it to game six. And I don't know who wants to hear that right now because we want them to win. We all want them to win. But it truly is an incredible accomplishment. And, I mean, I... I feel so fortunate to be able to do the show, have done all this stuff. But even if I hadn't been able to do this just as a fan, it really has been a pleasure. I, I, I love this stuff, and I can't wait for there to be more. So we'll take our first break, come back on the other side. We'll hash it out here today, okay? And again, email me if you want to. BobbyGameDay at Yahoo.com is the email address. On Twitter, you can get me at BobbyGameDay. We'll figure it out. All right, well, we'll do so a few things. We still got Numbers Corner because we always do Numbers Corner. We'll go ahead and bust out cap-friendly, and we'll go look ahead to the, the offseason and what's coming up and things like that. We still got more to talk about with what happened in Game 6 last night as well. It's all on the table. Stay tuned. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. It's, it's tough in the moment for sure. We had a lot of confidence and belief in that group. 
because of what's uh, been accomplished the last couple of years. We had a process that we go about all the pieces to, to make things happen and fall short. It, it uh, you know, it's still a, an incredible run again. And they always say, you know, this is the hardest trophy to win in sports. But like I said, I'm so proud of this. These guys, and I gotta really say a special acknowledgement to Stamkos. He was unbelievable leader. I'm so proud of this team. It's 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 just remarkable what we've accomplished. Uh, probably coming up short. This is tough feeling, but the guys in that room are such warriors. The uh, stuff that we played through uh, this playoffs, uh, probably a lot of people counted us out in the first round being down 3-2 and you know the third round being down 2-0. And I'm mean, just so proud of every single one of these guys that you know went out there and fought there. Did their best every single night, but at the same time, we, another short summer. You know, we just got to make sure that we uh, you know, get as much rest as we can in the next season. Welcome back to Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. Bobby Fenton with you, Jason Berenger driving the ship post game six. And sadly to say, our final show of the season as the Lightning drop game six and the series to the Colorado Avalanche. A deserving champion. And I don't know how many of you guys either were there at the game or if you were at home watching on television, either way. But this was the third time the Stanley Cup has been awarded in Tampa at Amelie Arena. Of course, the first two times it was the Lightning. And then this is the first time the road team has won it in Tampa. But either way, it seemed like a lot of people stayed. I mean, if it, I wasn't able to be there last night, as I told you guys, like uh, having to miss game six like hated missing it but had I been there I would have stayed and watched the whole thing I, I would never not watch a Stanley Cup ceremony and even in losing even as bit you know when your team is the one that loses you're bitter you don't you just want to turn it off I stood there and watched it it was a little easier to watch it because it's on our home ice it's harder when the other team's fans are all yelling and screaming you so darn mad at them you're like, you know and you didn't have that here so I, you know it's still cool to see those guys Lifting the cup, skating around with it, all that stuff. I mean, for me, I don't know. Maybe some of you guys just couldn't get away fast enough. But I, I stuck around on the telecast. And I, by the way, I watched it on the Sportsnet feed for the first time this postseason. On, I, I went ahead and got the stream going. And I'm not, I'm not one of these, oh, the announcers, blah, blah, blah. You know, I get a little miff with Ferraro sometimes and the ESPN guys feeling like they were a little more excited about the other side than our side. And I know a lot of fans feel that way. But watching the Sportsnet telecast really was great. I mean, they do a great job. I didn't feel like one way or the other about it. Maybe it's because they're Canadian and you don't feel like they have any dog in the fight. But I you know, wasn't getting frustrated like I have been watching some of the other games. And honestly, Colorado was playing better hockey. And that was, you know, that was the hardest part. Like, I didn't feel at any point in that game after the game got tied that the Lightning were in a good spot, and it just got more and more lopsided. And listen, the Lightning were upset. I mean, they kind of came unglued there. You know, the first goal that was scored was the one where the Lightning were upset because a penalty was being called there, a delay penalty, and it was happening while the Lightning may have had the puck. Nick Paul was skating with it. He came away with the puck when he committed the penalty, but literally in this split second and a half or whatever you want to call it, that it took the referee to raise his right arm. He lost the puck, and when the arm actually went up, the puck was not in the possession of the Lightning. Otherwise, it goes dead right there, and they go to the power play, which, of course, is no bargain either, but in retrospect, since they scored right away, you'd rather take your chance on the penalty kill. But they let it play out, and it was another one of those cases, like so many times this series, just the inability of the Lightning to get a puck cleared. And it wasn't the Lightning necessarily just on their own. Of course, a lot of it had to do with the avalanche but yeah I mean it was just over and over I talked about it with Greg Linelli the other night like Colorado's puck possession I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it and you just combine all those qualities a team that can play defense that well when they had to which they did that on the offensive end has the firepower to run and gun or to simply just play keep away with the puck and it really was like a video game, the way the puck sticks to whoever has it in a video game. And when you hit the pass button, it just zips right over to the next guy and sticks to him. And pucks don't roll away in video games, and they don't bounce over sticks. And stuff like that doesn't happen. It's just total possession, right? And the, the Avalanche are the closest to a real-life version of that that I have seen. And so that was just, to me, that, that, those are the big stories of the series, okay? You had 
Special teams, I guess, particularly in games one through four. It wasn't as bad the last two games, but special teams was one. You had the goaltending where Bassey, I mean, he was pretty good later in the series, but you know wasn't so great early, and Kemper not being as vulnerable as we had hoped. I mean, we didn't even know for sure he was gonna, uh, Kemper was going to start before the series started, and they were talking about Francois and all that stuff, and Kemper did come back, and that was obviously the right move. But there was those two things, and then there was Colorado's puck possession and the Lightning's inability to get the puck away from them. I mean, how many times did we see, and not just power plays, how many times did we see regular five-on-five situations where Colorado had the puck in the Lightning zone, and it seemed like a power play? Like, I was like, how long is this going to go on? And eventually something bad's going to happen. And then, I mean, honestly, given the way the numbers played out, like the advanced stat stuff, if you look at all that, given the way all that played out in this series, it's really a wonder it was as close as it was. Because if you just showed me the analytics and the advanced stats and stuff like that and, and didn't show me the scores to any of the games, I would have thought Colorado in five or maybe a sweep. And in, in those games, I would not have thought they'd be one. I mean, Colorado won two overtime games and another one-goal game in this series of their four wins besides the game two debacle. So the series was actually closer than it should have been when you think of it that way. And get mad at me all you want for saying that, but you know, it's, you, you know that's true deep down inside, right? I mean, if you are a fan of hockey and you watch hockey, whether you're a Lightning fan or not, you watch this series, that was true. Like last night, for example, it was 2-1, to one, the final score. Expected goals in that game, and the Lightning brought some heat later in the game that made it look a little bit better, but even so, the third period when the Lightning, you would have thought, would maybe, even if they didn't get the actual tie and goal, they'd certainly even things up in the chance department and all that. The deserved a wiener, <laughs> the deserved a wiener, the deserved a winometer came up 81% to 19% for Colorado. The expected goals in that game were 3.35 for the Avalanche. They only scored two, so hats off to Vassy. And they were 1.68 for the Lightning, and they only scored one. Uh, looking at how some players did, I guess this doesn't matter that much now. This is all five on five, though. Nobody on the Lightning was above 65%. The Avalanche had five players above 80%, or actually Byram was close. The uh, best player on the ice, according to just goals expected share, both for and against, was actually Palat. And if that was his last game, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, they got a lot to figure out here in the offseason. It's not going to be easy. But bless his heart, man. And that's the hard part about all this, too, is, you know, every year, no matter how much you keep everything together, there's always a few changes. It's never the same exact 20 guys. And if, especially if it's somebody like Pilat, who is, um, you know, not just a guy who's been here for a couple of years, but he goes back to the original stuff. I mean, when I say original, I mean like pre-2015. And I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, of the forwards... And there'll be many shows done on this on Lightning Power Play, off-season stuff. We got a whole uh, – the Lightning Power Play, you know that by now if you're listening. It's 24-7, baby. There's always something on. There's game replays, yes, but there's also the shows. Lightning Lunch, Greg Linelli and Dave Mishkin will be on tomorrow at noon like it always is. And there's all kinds of stuff in the off-season. Draft coverage. But anyway, just looking at Cap Friendly right now. 11 forwards are inked, okay? You've got Kucherov and Point. They're in the middle of long-term deals that go for years to come. Same, Stamkos has a couple years left on his. Anthony Sorelli has one more year left. Yeah, I'm talking about next season before he becomes a restricted free agent. Kalorn's got one year left. Uh, Hagel, new in the trade. And again, he's only 23. I know Hagel frustrated a lot of people. And I, I'll say this talking about turnover. You know, we lost that third line from last year, right? We lost Gord. Goudreau, Coleman, <clears throat> and we were wondering how we were going to replace them. And it seemed very daunting. And the Lightning did a pretty good job of that defensively, replacing what those guys did. I mean, of course, you had the shutdown line with Hagel, um, Kalorn, Hagel, Sorelli. I know Sorelli was playing hurt there toward the end. But where they missed those guys the most was two things. First of all, secondary scoring, because – even though Kalorn and Hagel and Sorelli were very good defensively, like Gord and Coleman and Goudreau, they could get a little something going offensively too. Like they could do it. I mean, they weren't as good as the top line, obviously, but they could do it. Whereas in this series especially, 
it felt hopeless that we were going to get anything from anybody but the top line. You know, like it just didn't feel like anybody else could produce. And I, th- I still li- I think Hagel's got a bright future. Again, he's only 23. Uh, and Kalorn, I mean, he was so good last year, even offensively. He used to call him playoff Kalorn. I think a lot of people this year kind of gave him, I don't want to say a raw deal, but I think a lot of people were too hard on him. And, I mean, Cooper even told, the coaches even told him, hey, your, your number one job is to do what they did, is to shut down the other team's number one line. And McKinnon finally got one tonight. But, I mean, I, they did that. Like, McKinnon didn't kill us in this series or anything like that, right? It wasn't that bad. I mean, those guys, and they said, hey, we don't care if you score. I mean, we care, but the Lightning told these guys, like, your number one job is this and do this. Like, get it, like, lock these guys down. And no one's going to be mad at you, or at least and nobody with the Lightning is going to be mad at you if you do that, even if you don't get the goals to go with it. So it was a little bit different role Kalorn had compared to past years and Hagel. And obviously Hagel's a guy who's brought in here to score goals, too. I mean, this isn't like his role as some, you know, defensive grinder. Want to see more offense out of him, too. But, it, again, very young. So, anyway, back to the, the lineup. Colton, they've got, again, for next season at a pretty good price. Bellamar, Perry, Maroon, Bari Boulay. Free agents of the forwards, Riley Nash, Andre Palat, Nick Paul. And, you know, there'll be plenty of time for number crunching. I know I've talked about how much I love Nick Paul. And, I mean, he's not exactly grace on ice when you see him skating out there. He's a bulldog. And he made a, he scored a couple big ones in these playoffs. If I put a gun to your head and said, you got to just keep one right now, we'll figure it out. We can get one in, but only one. Who is it? And Palat's 31. I mean, this is his last shot probably at a big contract, and he definitely earned one of these playoffs. So, I mean, you know, you can talk about hometown discount all you want, and he may give a little bit. And the Lightning can usually make some stuff work. They can get a little creative. The no state income tax helps a little bit. Not as much as opposing fans like to pretend it does, but it helps a little bit. But anyway, it's going to be a big number. You can't keep both those guys, probably. And then you go to defense. They're a little more set up on defense. As Hedman is good to go. Sergachev is good to go for one more year. Chernak, Bogosian's at 850K along with Cal Foote. Root is a UFA. Of course, McDonough, who I love. That contract, you know, that's not going to get any easier. That's a big number. He's at $6.75 million for four more seasons. And that contract, it's okay. Like, it was, it's been okay. He's been a huge part of things. As I'm talking about the years get, you know, start to grow and go by. Eh. And then, of course, Vasilevsky signed his long-term deal. He's locked up for many, many years to come. So, you know, the team's going to undergo some change. But it's far from, oh, the salary cap's going to completely wreck us. They've got these guys, okay? Like, these guys are, are, are okay. And there's others in the system, too. You know, younger guys that maybe haven't had a shot yet that you might see more of. Cole Kepke being one. There's a few. You know, and we don't know as much about them, obviously. But hopes are, are, are still high for this team is what I'm trying to get at. Looking at the line combinations from Game 6 and just seeing which – Combinations had the best game overall. The only combination that had a positive expected goal share, as you might imagine, was the first line, Palat, Stamkos, Kucherov. And they had by far the most time on ice at 15 minutes. No other line combination the Lightning used had more than 8 minutes and 17 seconds. That was Hagel, Paul Kalorn. But they were all negative in the expected goals department while they were on the ice. the Kalorn, Hale, Sorelli line only had four and a half minutes. They got worked over pretty good while they were out there. Maroon, Bellamar, Nash, uh, also not the best. A little closer to even for the defensive line, Hagel, Paul, Kalorn. As far as defensive pairings go, <clears throat> if you're curious about it, McDonough, Chernak had the most minutes at almost 14. They were a negative expected goal share. Same thing with Hedman and Ruda at almost 10 minutes. Sergeyev Bogosian together actually came out plus. They were the only pairing to come out plus. And like I said, Vasilevsky, for his part, had an expected goals of 3.35, and he only gave up two. But Lightning just didn't have – they didn't have the scoring pop. That was a big part of this. They didn't have the scoring pop outside of that top line. They have been so good over the years at having depth of scoring and being able to get contributions from up and down the pairings. And I'm not saying it was this way the whole playoffs, but in this series it definitely – they didn't get enough 
from anything besides the top line. And a couple of one-goal games, overtime games, you know, that that's the difference along with the special teams. So uh, we'll go ahead and take our final break. Email me if you want to, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. It's B-O-B-B-Y-G-A-M-E-D-A-Y, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. On Twitter, you can find me at Bobby Game Day. As I said, Jason Berenger is driving the ship. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind, and we will be right back for one more here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. It's, it's tough because it's so raw. Uh, we haven't been through this feeling in three years. But if you take a step back, I don't have a speech prepared. I didn't think we were going to lose the game. So it's hard to come in five minutes after, and, and so you just speak from the heart. You remember the teams you win with. Regardless of the league you're coaching in, you'll always remember those teams. You don't remember as much the ones you don't win with. But I will always remember this team for what they endured, what they went through. To get to this point, you have to marvel at them. It's a little shock and awe of what this group accomplished to get here. And it was different than the other ones. It was just different. The back against the wall, the teams we faced, like you go through the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Florida Panthers, and like, it's I'm driving to the Rangers. <laughs> That's how worn out I am. We had never had home ice. Like we played all these star-studded teams and they found a way. And we just ran into one more brick wall. And we just couldn't get through this one. The three teams that we played were, I mean, they could be sitting up here out in the ice right now, raising Stanley Cup, that's how good they were. So anyway, that's, I told the guys just marveled at what they did. Welcome back for the final time, our final segment of the season here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. Bobby Fenton joining you as we start off the new week. Was kind of hoping there'd be a big old fat game seven just sitting there on Tuesday night to kind of String the week together. Instead, we are done. Lightning lose 2-1 to one to the Colorado Avalanche. The series ends 4-2. to two, And the Lightning really did truly give it every single thing they had. I hate to spout a bunch of cliches on the show today, but I was looking over some of the quotes, and you're hearing some of the quotes here as we come in and out of the breaks from John Cooper. And, you know, you always find out about the injuries, and they, they didn't say a ton last night, but they'll say more throughout the day right now. But John Cooper after the game he said the amount and kind of injuries the lighting we're dealing with was quote-unquote mind-boggling said if it was the regular season half the AHL team would have been called up he says it's why he'll always remember this group and why they were different than others and it, yeah I mean they, they really you could tell you could tell this took more out of them and they played better teams I mean seriously first of all they were the best team the last two years they were one of the best teams this year is a big difference but second of all, they got every one of those. Like, nobody did their dirty work, and, oh, a team got upset in another round. They had to play every day. Like, if you rank the playoff teams 1 through 16, or actually, if you rank the playoff teams 1 through 15 and took the Lightning out, okay, and just ranked them 1 through 15, truly, don't you feel like the Lightning played numbers 1, 2, and 3, and 4? Like, honestly, if you had to rank the other 15, I feel like that. I guess it's easy to say that if you're a Lightning fan. But it ain't like, oh, well, this team got beaten this from they We didn't end up having to play them. No, every single one of the top teams was right in front of the Lightning. And they went through three of them like a sickle through a ripe wheat field, man. And when I, I shouldn't say that about Toronto, I guess, that was, and even New York. But they went through them. And they did it hurt, like hurt, hurt. Not the usual, you know, dings and things like that. So... It's tough. It's tough. But, and, you know, I was looking over the past 12 playoff series in these three years, and now they're 11 and 1 in those series after winning 11 in a row and losing this one. In only five of those series, did they have a healthy Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point all at the same time? That only happened in three, or excuse me, in five of 12 series. And this is in the process of winning two Stanley Cups. And going to another final, okay? And they end up, I mean, that's amazing to me. It honestly is. And you have to be, when you're a team is, that wants to go to that spot and be that good, you have to be deep enough to, to absorb that here and there. But that was pretty much the norm. Like, they almost never had all three of those guys at the same time. And, of course, in the final, it was Braden Point who was missing. And I had a couple of people in my mentions on Twitter saying, you know, hey, 
because I even said in my twit, tweet, uh, hey, no, no regrets here, no what-ifs, no should-haves or would-have, could-haves. The Avalanche were better. And they were like, hey, what about Braden Point, man? If Braden Point plays this series, we have no idea what would have happened. There's no way to know. But honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously nobody's sure, but I'm not sure it would have made that much of a difference. It certainly would have helped. And in a series this close, and yes, even though the Avalanche pretty well outplayed the Lightning, and even though they won in six games, not seven, two of those games were in overtime, and another one was a one-goal game, or, or two more, uh, four one-goal games. One went the Lightning's way, three went Colorado's way. So when you have that many one-goal games, you've got, obviously, it could be swung here, there, or the other way. Maybe Braden Point does make a difference. I don't know. I'm not going to lose sleep over it or anything like that. I know he will. I mean, I know it hurts to see. And he, he was out there on the morning skates. You saw the Twitter videos every other day. Oh, he looked pretty good. You know, it's not the same just skating around as it is game intensity. And it looked like, hey, maybe he'll go, maybe he'll go. And he did go the first two games of this series, but then couldn't go after that. Hey, it is what it is, man. And they didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't have enough. They were not on the level of Colorado. And it would have taken, yes, Braden Point, but even beyond Braden Point, it would have taken every single thing to go their way. And it really didn't. I'm not making excuses, but my gosh, the puck luck in this series seemed bad. I mean, first of all, I know people are going to talk about officiating. I've tried not to talk about officiating now that the whole thing is over. But, yeah, the, the first goal, I, we talked about how that could have been maybe blown dead because of the penalty and the Lightning had the puck. That, you know, if you look at the replay, though, hey, it could have gone either way. The second goal, the Nathan McKinnon goal, of course, Bellamar gets hooked and dropped to the ice blatantly way behind the play. That creates the three-on-two rush that they eventually score the game winning and the Stanley Cup winning goal on. And that one, the Lightning had a legitimate beef. Now, they, they didn't handle it well. Not that you could I, – I didn't blame them. But Pat Maroon took a big swipe and broke his stick, basically, over – who was it? Manson, right, for Colorado after this goal was scored. That could have been called, although it shouldn't have. The referees did the right thing not calling because the only reason that happened is because they missed the other call. And then there was a lot of yelling and things like that. I don't blame him one bit. I mean, that was really, it's really frustrating when you're trying to beat a team who's this good, and it's going to be hard enough anyway, and they may not have been able to do it anyway. But certainly, when stuff like that's happening, we know all about Kadri's goal, you know, in the game four overtime, all that stuff. But it was just not good. Like, there was just all these little things here and there all happening that never seemed to go the Lightning's way. And then, like, even McKinnon, like I said before, McKinnon, he didn't do a ton, right? But, like, they even said this. I didn't know if they said it on the ESPN broadcast. They said it on the Sportsnet broadcast. Of course, this is like right before he scored his goal. I should have seen it coming. But he had 30 shots on goal in this series at one point and one goal. And even that one goal was off his skate, right? It wasn't even off his stick. And how many goals did Colorado have that weren't off sticks? I mean, going back a couple games, I think like they only had two legit goals that were shot by people that went in. It pucks bouncing it off skates, one bouncing off McKinnon, one bouncing off Chernak. One bounced off of um, somebody's knee. I can't remember who that one was. But, I mean, there was all these different, you know, it was, it was crazy. And even the McKinnon goal, after they missed the bad call and they create the rush, it was a three-on-two. So Colorado is looking to move that puck to the right side. They actually passed it right. Go back and watch it. They passed it right. It bounced weirdly. It wasn't a pass. It just bounced off whoever was coming down the right wing, I can't remember, and goes right to McKinnon, who's got a wide-open look on the left side. That wasn't even the direction they were trying to move the puck. So, again, I'm not saying this to try and actually make a case or something that the Lightning got hosed or that the Lightning, you know, you saw the series, Colorado outplayed them. But to do this, what they were trying to do here, it needed to have every little thing go their way, and it certainly didn't. And that would have been on top of actually playing better, too. So, hey, it, it, when it's all said and done, I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm recording this, so I haven't actually had to go to sleep yet. So maybe I'll lose sleep, but I feel like I'll sleep okay. Sad, but okay. Got a tweet here. This is from, I appreciate everybody tweeting at me. This one's from Luis. He says, saddened by this, but as my buddy said, while we suppress the gag reflex watching the Avs lift the cup, 
If the Bolts had to hand the cup to any team, this would be the one. This would be the only one you could really say in the last three years would be deserving victors. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I didn't feel like watching that cup ceremony like, oh man, that should have been us, you know. Ah. Didn't feel that way. So, we'll take a little time now. Let's do numbers corner real quick. Just give it one final go. Don't have to do any more series status things like teams are so-and-so when the series is at this or that or the other. But just to finish it all told, the Lightning have now played 205 playoff games in their entire history. They are now 119 and 86 in those games. At home, they dropped to 53 and 40 all-time in home playoff games. 50 and 40 on the road, of course, 10 and 6 at neutral sites in the bubble. The NHL just counts those as home and road, whoever was home and road, but I count them as neutral. In these playoffs, they finish at 14 and 9. They were 8 and 3 at Amelie Arena, and they were 6 and 6 on the road. And the stat now finishes up. Of course, they won the last game, so they didn't lose after a loss. 19 and 2 in three playoff runs, 19 and 2 in the game after a loss. And that is a very, very big reason why they won two Stanley Cups and made it to the Stanley Cup final in another season. As far as total playoff series, and this is amazing. Like, this is an amazing stat. They have played 36 total playoff series in franchise history now, and I remember it plain as day, the first one against the Flyers when they played at the Trop, okay, going all the way through to now. And they are 25-11 and 11 as a franchise in playoff series all time including, obviously, having won 11 of their last 12. It was the fourth time they advanced to the Stanley Cup final in nine full seasons as head coach for John Cooper, fifth time in franchise history to go along with the 2004, and the Bolts were the first team to play in three straight Stanley Cup finals since Edmonton did it in 83, 84, and 85, and they won all three. But either way, again, this is something that had not been done. And Bill Daly even said, oh, by the way, Bill Daly doing the cup presentation because Gary Bettman uh, tested positive for COVID. That's an absolute, I'm not going to get into a whole COVID thing, but that's, I can't believe we're still doing this. Like, I can't believe the commissioner of the league, and Bill Daly did a great job, by the way. He sounded great. But I mean, like, really, like, we're still testing the commissioner and he can't go do the damn presentation because he tested positive for something that is like, anyway, I thought that was a, completely ridiculous. But whatever, it was Bill Daly. And so... Yeah, three straight, and Daly even said it. Like, that's not something that's been done in 40 years, and it's not even close to it being done. I mean, Pittsburgh won back-to-back, -back, but I think they lost in the second round, their third season, in the salary cap era. Like, the salary cap era is a different animal. And I'm actually reading a book right now um, by Sean McKendo, who goes by Down Goes Brown. He writes about hockey for The Athletic. It's a great book. It's the history of the NHL. And reading about, you know, all the things he's talking about through the years and going back to the – I recommend it to anybody who's a hockey fan. It's good off-season reading. But, you know, looking at the way the league was constructed for so long with just six teams and then the expansion happened and even then it was 12 and like something 20 or whatever. Like nothing like now with a 32-team league, a salary cap, parity, all things that are good things. But to do what the Lightning have done in this era with that is amazing, okay? And, I, again, nobody wants to hear it right now because you just lost, right? You don't want to hear it. You want to win. And it sounds cliche to talk about, well, they really did. But, no, seriously, like, and it's not over yet. Again, it's not over yet necessarily. And I, I was thinking about that watching those final seconds tick down, like, like we're still the defending champ, still the defending champ. And thinking, you know, oh, my gosh, like, it's come so easily all this time, not just for the Lightning, but for Tampa Bay sports. And I said, you know, what if the Lightning don't play in another Stanley Cup final for 15 years? Or, or 50 years, not 15. That could be the case. What if they turn into the Maple Leafs? And they don't get out of the first round for the next 20 years. Like, you don't know. Like, sports, you just do not know. So I thought about that. But there's no reason to think that on paper. I mean, there's no reason to think that. The Lightning have things pretty well squared away. And I'll say it one more time because we're, we're running out of time. We're getting ready to end things here, okay? Be a first-class organization. Have a first-class owner. Hire first-class people. Check, check, check. They've done all those things. Everything else follows from that. So this nucleus here right now, you know, and they've, they've gotten a little older, but they're not old, okay? I doubted Stamkos' ability to stay healthy and if he'd ever be the same again. 
He proved me wrong. Had one of his best years ever. Hedman's still a player. Kucherov, prime, okay? Vasilevsky, prime. Braden Point, entering his prime. They still have all these guys, and it's not just those guys. I mean, they have a good supporting cast to go with them, but you can do some damage as long as you've got those guys. And so just being good every year, being around it, keep taking your shots, your number will come up. It has come up already, and it could come up again. So I'm very excited for the prospect of the 2022-2023 hockey season. I, I, when I get home, in fact, I'm, I'm going to go and, and get in the adult hockey league. I, I'm dying to play now myself. I've got the bug. I'm just I'm feeling it, man, you know? Hockey's such a wonderful sport. The, the nucleus of fans and support this team has in this town and all over. I mean, I get emails and tweets from people who listen to Lightning Power Play. I've got them from Calgary and St. Louis and all these places around North America, a couple people from Europe too. So I just want to say that before we go. Thanks to you guys so much for listening to the show because I'm always surprised at the response. And I had done this show back in 2015, you know, 2017, 18, during those playoff runs, then didn't get to do it when they won the Cup in 2020 because of COVID. Didn't do it last year. Things still weren't the same. And I missed it. And to come back this year, I've gotten, you know, so many new listeners and people have emailed me. And if you want to hear me more, if you're a football fan or a Bucks fan, I do a show on JoeBucksFan.com, the free stretch, just like my old radio show. I do that podcast year-round every week, and it's posted at JoeBucksFan.com, which is a great place for Bucks coverage. But anyway, point is, it has been an absolute pleasure going back to the morning after game one of the series against Toronto when the Lightning got smoked, right? Remember that? That's a long time ago now, over two months ago. But going back to that, doing all, what was it, 20-something, however it is, seven Toronto, four Florida, that's 11, six against New York, 17. So 23, all 23 of these shows we did were an absolute blast. Thanks so much to you guys for listening. Thanks so much to Steve Versnick, the director of Lightning Power Play, for giving me a chance to do it. Jason Berenger and Steve Carney, who both drove the ship at different times for help and make it all go. I, I'm going to miss it. Like, I'm going to wake up, seriously, on Tuesday morning thinking we got a game and thinking I've got a show on Wednesday morning. It's going to kill me not to do one. But we'll be back. In the meantime, you still have lightning lunch with Greg Linelli and uh, Dave Michigan tomorrow at noon, or later on today at noon, excuse me. Thanks to all of our guests. When we had, It was so cool to be able to talk to Brian Engblom, to be able to talk to the Chief Bobby Taylor, to be able to talk to Dave Randorf to be able to talk to Dave Andrichuk. I mean, do you know how cool that is for someone like me as a fan just to be able to talk to those guys and to have them all on the show? Uh, Mary Fiello joined us. Eric Erlinson joined us. Joe Smith of The Athletic joined us. All of it. Thanks to everybody and everything. It's been a lot of fun. So we are done here for now. I will see you again and talk to you again. You can always email me one more time if you want, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. Tweet at me, at bobbygameday. Give me a follow. You'll get plenty besides just hockey, trust me. But you can probably take it, and it'll be fun. And I'll be around, okay? And, and we're going to have tons of draft coverage here and everything on Lightning Power Play and all that stuff. So nothing, you know, we're done for a little bit, but not long. And have a great summer. Let's get ready for the 2022-23 season, okay? So one final time, thanks to all of you. It's been an absolute pleasure wherever you are. Stay safe, have fun, get ready for the next season. And until then, good morning, good afternoon, good night, and let's go Lightning.